from here. You're from New York, which I am too. I grew, I went to public school. So, what part of New York did you do? You, did you grow up in like one of the five boroughs, or maybe one of the towns, or maybe upstate? like what I identify as home um, and I live there now I'm very up at East Village um, but my dad moved to Brooklyn when my dad was divorced and then he was in um, South Slope uh, and then my mom moved to the Upper East Side when I was in high school um, so like I did spend a few years there but I was very aggressive about like I just really hated the Upper East Side and the second that I woke up on Saturday morning I was like literally just like get on the sex get off it even where make my friends wake up and check me. I like really just not care for it up there. What about public school? Because I think anyone who went to public school probably ran into some issues or experienced some like because kids can be just be I mean not kids just friends or just students like who you think you're a friend but could just turn out to be just jerkwads. <laughs> I mean definitely not that I did go to private school. Um, okay. They are there, work, school, anywhere. <laughs> I want to also bring up about, I'm sure maybe you probably had experience, maybe awareness where this idea came from about political correctness in comedy. So maybe you might have some type of experience or awareness when you're like performing your stand up routine or you're writing a sketch, anything. I mean, I think it's really just a matter of like, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of different takes on this. Um, most of what I hear is basically like, as long as the audience is with you, you're good. Um, for me, it's a bit more complicated than that. I think it's, number one, I approach comedy with the cardinal rule of you never punch down, like period. That's just like unacceptable. That's not political correctness. That's just, you know, it's not funny to punch down, right? Like it's only funny to make fun of something that is greater and bigger than an individual, right? Yeah, because I noticed that when I was watching your one your TikTok videos, I was noticed that watching one of your stand-up, you're very direct, and it's like, yeah, it's funny, but it's, like, very, like, direct. Like you just mentioned, like, it's very punched, but it's, like, a very direct kind of humor. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you just want to be very straightforward, very clear, um, and I think, you know, in my perspective, like, as far as political correctness and comedy, like, I don't think it's a thing. I think people that are upset about that are probably saying things that just aren't funny because they're not particularly intelligent. You're just like, ha, 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 here's something offensive. Like, it's not intelligent comedy, in my opinion, to just, like, say offensive things. Um, I think that, you know... There are a lot of great comics, but I'm sure feel like the age of political correctness is stifling them in some way. I certainly have not felt that way, but also I've never found comedy. Again, I think it's also all about what you think is offensive, right? Like, I don't find talking about, like, my vagina and anal sex offensive. I guess that some people would. I don't because I don't think it's hurting anybody else. I kind of treat it to, like, Hey, I'm talking about myself. I mean, I'm devastating. I'm talking about my experience. Like, it's not a Victorian era. Like, oh my, like someone might hear the word penis. Have a panic attack. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. 
no you're not it's like some people are like like then what are you doing at a comedy show or a comedy club if you're gonna find it offensive about like okay because you know most people who who used to decide to go with it's basically it's not really like the ideal kind of job but i want to ask about your first night when you when you decide to get up on that stage and grab that mic so the first time okay so i have a couple of stories to the story and i like really shouldn't have a streamlined answer but i don't um but i'll work on it but um First time I got on stage, my dad was a poet, um, and he ran a weekly poetry reading near Union Square, and he takes me every week, and he gave me the microphone because I was a very attention-seeking child. I'm not one of those, like, I'm the wallflower genius, like, no, like, I've always been, like, very popular and attention-seeking, and, like, that's my brand. Um, and, like, my dad gave me the mic, and I read Peter Rabbit, and I, like, did all the voices, and it was, like, I just, like, like I just like did such a, and I was like okay I'm like fully addicted to stuff. But then I didn't really pursue it much more aggressively. My mom like worked in finance, so it was much more like wanted me in a traditional world as opposed to my dad. Um, and I lived with her after we got bored. Um, and then in college, I did stand up once, twice, something like that. But I was in a small town in rural New Hampshire. There were six people there. Um, I didn't love it because I was just like, this is, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting a ton out of this experience. I didn't get that rush the way that I did when I was a kid and also the way I do, like, when I'm at parties. Like, I have always been the class clown. Like, I like having a crowd of people around me while I tell a story that's always been, like, what makes me happier than anything else in the world. Um, and I didn't get it, again, because I think, like, comedy just wasn't really a thing where I was living. And then... When I got back to 
New York. It took a couple of years, um, but finally I had a friend who was dating a comedian and he was like, I need you to do this. Like, it's really important to me that you do this. Like, you are not living up to your potential and you will crush if you do this. And he ran a monthly show in Bushwick. And he, like, put me on stage in front of 30 people, like, basically, without, like, just forced me on stage. And I did, like, four minutes of random whatever. It's kind of ripped the off. And I'm hard. Like, now I was so terrible. But, like, it was decent. I got a few laughs. Like, I didn't fall apart. Um, and then was like, okay, like, let's do this. And then, you know, started started the long journey. So those are the kidding moment. And then, like, a, oh, this is just happening moment. <laughs> Are you like the the comedian, the comic that writes her jokes down, the, um, that writes her jokes down in a yeah, notebook or sure. on your phone? Yeah, for sure. So I'm constantly writing jokes, and it's normally something less so now because like global panic, but um, it's normally something where I'm talking to my friends or about a party and I say something when people laugh. It took me a really long time to realize that my experience was unique and like certain things that I say are funny like I know some things I say are funny but a lot of things I'll say I just don't know I've been funny so I just started taking notes whenever people laughed at things I said and then it's really about taking that you know small little clip or observation that comes very organically and turning it into something that's much more you know finessed and now it's you know I basically know what I'm gonna say down to the word when I get on stage um but every single one of those bits started with something funny I said to a friend one time and they laughed and then I I go through my notebook every week and I'm like okay what why is this funny and how can I make it funnier another thing um you know I think it's somewhere around maybe I think it was like one like maybe it was like in the summer months or maybe it was like maybe in the fall of 2020 the comedy show comedy clubs started to open up I know it was like maybe the East Field so have you like um did any gigs around one of the comedy clubs around the city lately? I have not. So I am very COVID conscious. I just have some like really intense horror experiences around me. Um, and my husband as well is incredibly COVID conscious. Um, so I am not comfortable with any indoor shows. The outdoor shows, you know, I got asked to do a few. It just kind of made me a little nervous as far as the comedians, but I guess that like it's being done very safely and I really respect the people that are doing it. Um, I just think it would cause me a little bit too much anxiety. Um, to, like be standing around that many people. Like I just like, I don't know. I'm a yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it probably definitely um, is. Cause you're touching the mic. You don't know what to do. Should I wear my mask? Should I wear gloves? Should I do this? Should I dissect the yeah. mic while I'm doing it? <laughs> Like, maybe hugely depressing to say, but like, crazy. Like, I was at the point in my career where I was performing, you know, multiple times a week, and that's really when you're honing your material, right? Like, I was taking material and I was like refining it and making it stronger, or whatever. And everybody was saying, like, you got to get on stage at least five times a week. Like, if you're not, if you're not booked, go to an open mic. Like, you need to be on stage five times a week. And in the current climate, there's no way that that's going to happen. I could be. John Mulaney and I'm not going to get on stage five times a week. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's just not enough time and there's too many comedians. So I was kind of like, I don't really see the point of doing a show here or there. I'd rather just take the time to work on 
yeah, I saw that you you talk about teen dramas and um, because I know like like t- teen dramas from the past to now have changed a lot, and some are just like if you watch I mean, them, like yes, they're all just goofy. Yes. Have you done have uh, what have you done any Zoom comedy show or, or have not done any? working on in 2021 because i understand you're focused on your writing and your main goal is to want to get into that writer's room so what are you working on you work on a sketch are you it could be yeah i'm finalizing um i have my my i have a script that i'm working on that i'm finalizing that i'm going to release Uh, uh, time travel to the 1800s. 
uh, and find out 1800s that's okay now that before. seems intriguing it reminds you of um yeah. that because it makes you wonder like hmm what if we what if what if time travel did exist and we probably did got time travel to well, the whole thing is they're part of this like american like royalty type thing where like they think that their family like founded america and was really rich and basically they go back and find out they weren't their family has just been time traveling to alter the timeline to make the family successful through like pretty unethical means and it's their turn to do it and they're both like very um like i'll say uh performatively woke <laughs> like they're both like very um like we're feminists but they have been intense beneficiaries of their status and privilege their whole life and it's about them like actually confronting the dichotomy there uh, and like actually forced to like give up their status for their ideals um and what they do so yeah i'm super excited about it so i'm working on that and then i'm working on my third project that i haven't actually written um but it's my most exciting like pitch for the year i just did a, like a whole meditation on this one um is a cartoon um like that takes place in a hell dimension which i won't say much more about because i haven't really nailed things down yet <laughs> but it is a cartoon that takes 